If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Hey, I'm Zach, and one day I'm going to make movies, but right now I'm young, dumb, and not nearly as good-looking as my co-hosts. So with the help of... I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. I'm Steven. I'm going to learn what makes a movie great by watching all the classics I've skipped over. So pop the corn and turn your cell phone to silent, because it's time for a new episode of Zach on Film. Friend me. Like, share, poke, wall, timeline, status updates, Farmville! How did it all begin? David Fincher and crew show us the early days of Facebook in the social network, and we talk it over this week on Zach on Film. Ooh, Zach. Hey, A movie that you are uh, very familiar with. I am, actually. I've watched this uh, many times. The uh, unofficial biography of uh, Facebook. Yeah, kind (laughs) of. Doesn't something have to be alive to have a biography? Well, I mean, it's certainly a, a lot of the what went into the creation of Facebook, Mark yeah. Zuckerberg, and uh, everybody involved, the Winklevoss twins, um, Spider-Man, Edward and, um, and, uh, Spider-Man. Uh, and Brenda Song. Right. <laughs> yeah. Sean Parker. Oh, I'm, yeah. Sean Parker. Yeah. yeah. London Tipton and Dennis Timberlake. So uh, walk us through this, Zach. The uh, story of Social Network is the story of Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg and his days at Harvard and the tumultuous relationships he has by a pair of uh, twins who row crew at Harvard who come with him to, with an idea for a new social networking site. He then may or may not have stolen their idea and created Facebook a few months later. And the social network is essentially uh, the story of that cut in between litigation between two lawsuits between Mark Zuckerberg mm-hmm. and his best friend, Eduardo Sarvin, and his lawsuit against him, and then the Winklevoss twins and their other Divya Naranda uh, partner suing Zuckerberg also. It's essentially the beginning of Facebook. Jesse Eisenberg... Um Took on everybody in Zombieland, right? Yep. Uh, then he also, in this movie, takes on The Amazing Spider-Man yeah. and The Lone Ranger. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Kind of like how Michael Sarah beat up like every superhero yeah. in uh, <laughs> Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> like like exactly. Superman, simultaneously the Human Torch, the human torch Captain and Captain America. America. Yeah. yeah. What I think makes this movie so fascinating is here you have... Two very big names as far as writing and directing goes. You got David Fincher, who's always yeah. very everything has to be real and everything has to be fast. And then you've got Aaron Sorkin, who is these words have to be exact. And right. if you try to change this, the whole my structure falls apart. Mm-hmm. And you're smashing these two together. And quite honestly, when you look at this film, I don't think it would have been the same if one of them had been replaced. If oh, this no. was not David Fincher directing, if this was not Aaron Sorkin writing, this would not be the same movie. Agree or disagree, Zach? Are Agreed. you familiar with Zach? Other, Zach no, I, I'm uh, familiar with Fincher. From with what else? Fight Club. 
Mm-hmm. And something else, maybe. I'm trying to think of what else he's done. Notice that I we're not nothing. helping you here. Yeah, I, I, I can tell. <laughs> uh, Sorkin, name is familiar. I don't remember what he's written. He's written Sports a lot Night. of shows that you probably haven't seen. Sports Night, right, nope. The West Wing. The West Wing is probably no, the I biggest one. It. Studio 60 on Sunset Strip. Yeah, nope. that was the nope. show that happened. Nope. And it was also, he played, uh, Sorkin actually played the ad exec in that scene where um, Eduardo and Zuckerberg go to New York and Zuckerberg just sits there the whole meeting. Oh, okay, sits okay. through the whole meeting right just going, yeah. more of a glottal style. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's funny. So, um, so is this a uh, probably the biggest controversy? Is this is based on the accidental billionaire, right, uh, or billionaires? Um, and there's some controversy in Zuckerberg says, and again, it sure. kind of makes Zuckerberg come off as a bit of a dick yeah. in the movie. Kinda, yeah, kind of. Well, I, I, kinda? I, I feel like I've always uh, felt like in the in the movie. Everyone always says he comes off like a dick. I said he comes off as a dick, but I feel like everyone in this movie comes off as oh, a dick at some and that's, point. And that's what kind and of I, I think everyone gets a fair shake in this movie. I also I also think that everybody comes like I think that Zuckerberg specifically comes across like really cool in a way. He comes mm-hmm. out he comes across as a jerk, but he comes across as somebody who is incredibly intelligent. Right. right? He comes across as somebody who is like a total shark at business when mm-hmm. he's got his head to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone who does, in fact, acci- like he is accidentally incredible, like doing incredible things just because of how sure. smart he is. Right. And um, I think also some forces just that, you know, the uh, perfect tide kind of thing. Right. A yeah, perfect right. storm kind of thing where things just happened at the right time for him mm-hmm. to stumble mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Yeah, and so this is based off Accidental Billionaires, which is not a biography, but is not a work of fiction. Right. Um, he interviewed Eduardo and the Winklevosses, mm-hmm. and I don't really know who else. Not Zuckerberg. He wouldn't be interviewed for the book. And so right. then they took interviews, made up some dialogue, inferred some things, right. mm-hmm. and, and then wrote this book, and then that was condensed down into the social network. Which is a dense is a dense story. I mean, it's a two-hour yeah. movie, but it is dense as far as everything that's being covered. And I think that's why you have to have someone like Fincher direct this, because you have to have that dialogue flying back fast and fast and furious, and you have to have the editing done just right, or mm-hmm. else the movie becomes this long court drama. Right. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say, Rodrigo? I was going to say that that's actually the format of the movie as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the narrative is basically delivered... Um, like the the delivery system for it is these uh, two settlement like like two uh, meetings, so that uh, he will settle with the Winklevosses and he will settle with Eduardo, um, and uh, that's basically how they cut back and forth in time. Mm-hmm. Um, so Matthew, you said uh, again that uh, um, Zuckerberg kind comes off as kind of a dick, uh, or you question oh, no, that, no. that statement. Um, I, I, I said this that goes Zuckerberg back to that. comes off as incredible. Um, go ahead and elaborate on that, but then also go back to the statement that and the question that Zach had had a few um, episodes ago about, is this reality or is this twisting reality and which one works in this case? Well, and this is the biggest problem that I have is when I sat down to watch this movie, I didn't 
I've never seen this. I didn't know what to expect. So we open with what felt like a 15-minute conversation between the uh, fictionalized Mark Zuckerberg and his fictionalized girlfriend, which is designed to set up the final line. And her line is, people didn't drop you because you were a nerd. People dropped you because you were an a-hole. And that whole sequence was designed to put me, it, it felt like, to put me in a point where I'm supposed to believe that this guy is socially awkward and basically a jerk, a, a turbo douche, a Sheldon Cooper type person, only without the likability. And so that set me on the expectation going throughout this film that he's a jerk. So whenever it came down to, like, say, you know, the two heads of Army Hammer saying, you stole my stuff, my brain went, well, of course, look at him. He's a jerk. So I don't know how much of this is realistic. I will say that it does make for a very strong narrative, mm -hmm. but it almost makes its case too much for me. And this is, you know, this is something that I love Aaron Sorkin. Sports Night is one of my favorite things. And when you really look at Aaron Sorkin, the biggest weakness I have is that Aaron Sorkin is a very, very intelligent man. And his expectation is that either the audience is super brilliant or they're just stupid. So either way, it kind of feels like things are alternately force-fed to me mm -hmm. or not really laid out at all. So there are things where it feels like they're emphasizing stuff that is implicit in the story. And then we'll go and we'll gloss over something that I feel like I want more of. So, Well, so then that kind of brings into this next question, though, is are we being force-fed a lot of this stuff to make you think at the end, did Zuckerberg really think this? Has he been planning this in-game, especially with Eduardo, mm -hmm. since, mm -hmm. you know, the, the year prior or the three years right. prior when the story takes place and – Eduardo got into the club and um, Zuckerberg did not. Mm -hmm. And so that brings into the question is Zuckerberg, does he come off as a very Machiavellian uh, prince type character? And I, you guys, did you guys read the prince in Capstone? I, I, or chose, read Machiavelli? I chose not to read, read the prince. Oh, okay. That was one of your options though, right? It was an option, but I chose a different, I chose Robert Rodriguez over Machiavelli. Okay. Hmm. So does the, but does Zuckerberg come off that way very much of a, you got a plot and, and break some eggs. And as the tag for the movie is, you know, you don't reach 5 million friends without making a few enemies. Right. Um, I think I, I, to me, he didn't come across that way. To me, it seemed like he's the person that always picks the quote unquote best decision at every juncture. Mm -hmm. Right. And so he decides what he wants. He decides that he wants Facebook to move forward and he wants Facebook to succeed. So whenever there's a juncture and it's like, do I do the right thing or the correct thing? He picks the correct thing correct. as opposed to the like right thing, the mm -hmm. morally right thing to right. do. Um, and that's kind of um, mirrored by the Winklevosses where one of them continually tries to pick the right thing. And continually, you know, in the game of getting your website ahead, continues mm -hmm. getting screwed over by it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't think, to me, he doesn't come up, come across as somebody who planned it all the way. Mm -hmm. But if you look at all of his decisions, all of his decisions are meant to move himself and Facebook forward. And every yeah. once in a while, the decision is, do I help my friend? Right. Or do I help Facebook? And he picks Facebook. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, the strength of that opening sequence 
uh, for better or worse. And, and I mean, it was strong enough to make me hate, well, everything for the next two hours really is bookended by the last thing we see, which is Zuckerberg trying, refreshing, 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 after sending a friend request to the girl who, in this narrative anyway, started the whole thing by rejecting him rightfully because he was an ass clown. And I think that for me, it felt less like someone who is who is planning ahead and has, you know, the Batman gambits in place so much as a character who's really, really smart, but doesn't necessarily use that unless and until he feels like he's threatened or until his feelings are hurt. So as your is your first viewing of this movie, then, Matthew, yes. you feel sympathy at the end when when no. they decide to use that and he's refreshing going, gee, I sure hope she likes me because I did this all for her. No, I feel no sympathy for anyone in this film. And the reason why is partly because, you know, we have that strong performance at the very beginning where he's, he's having the discussion, but both sides of the discussion feel douchey to me. When, when uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo is yelling at him, I, I was like, okay, well, maybe, you know, take a moment, take a step back. Yes, he's, you know, he's being pretty much selfish and very preoccupied and very self-oriented. But I didn't feel at the beginning like she was responding entirely to what we saw. So I felt like, okay, there's clearly something that's setting up an expectation that he's been this disconnected, this, you know, whatever you want to call it, disenfranchising to his lady friend before. But as we go through this, the only character who comes across to me as empathetic or sympathetic is uh, Spider-Man. Uh, what's yeah. his name? Eduardo? Yeah, Eduardo. Yeah. But yeah. even then... Brilliantly, brilliantly played by not a Brazilian guy at all. Yes. No. Which, which, which I feel compelled to bring up. Hey, you know what? It, it's your call. If it makes you feel any better, Zuckerberg... Uh, wait, no, never mind. Um, but yeah, as we go through here, even he has the moment where I'm like, you know what? No. When he, when he's, yes. Well, his, I, his fault was his own hubris, right? Where he yeah. thought, hey, I'm a business, I'm a business right. major right. at Harvard. I mean, I'm gosh, I know all time. this stuff. I'm the one that's moving and shaking and making this company forward. Yes, I'll sign these papers to ensure that I continue to hold 30% of the company. And mm -hmm. then he gets screwed because he did the one thing that you're always told to do before you sign a contract, get your <laughs> lawyer to read it. Right. I, I think, I think. It's not a I don't think his downfall comes from hubris. I think his downfall comes from thinking that um, oh his friend that, the, that that his friendship trumps right. uh I can see Zuckerberg's business uh, decision. Business yeah. decision. Okay. Yeah. Or that he friend. he trusted his friend to yes. not be influenced by other outside sources right. who but were giving him advice he, to push Facebook forward. Which he which really his friend to trust his his business savvy right when it really what it clearly comes down to is at least in this movie zuckerberg clearly believes himself to be smarter than eduardo well then really everyone else is yeah, as and, i think as i think he's stated multiple times in the movie yeah that he was smarter and well be above and beyond everyone else we will call this a fictionalized version of Zuckerberg. Uh, and yeah, we have absolutely. to because he was right. not consulted in any way. As portrayed by Eisenberg, which I think did a great job in this role. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Does he make um, the fictionalized version of Zuckerberg seem like he has a 
um, condition of some kind. I don't know whether it'd be an Asperger's or an ADD. It's a, or yeah. it's a it's a it's a good question. I think that at times, you know, uh, because he just and this is kind of brilliant play on the the term the social network. He's just socially awkward and doesn't know how to Absolutely. work in right. social situations. Yeah. The a, a big part of 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 the the checklist, um, I think for. Um, the the autism spectrum is that inability to relate emotionally mm-hmm. or to mm-hmm. either to convey your own emotions or to understand the emotions of others um while still feeling those emotions mm-hmm. obviously um and i think you could make a strong argument that eisenberg's performance of zuckerberg um could have well could well have had asperger's or some form of autism mm-hmm. i think i think that's definitely a read that would be fair mm-hmm. i i I'm kind of leery of it simply because when I was a kid, there seemed to be a lot of discussion of, you know, which characters in which place were being played with a subtext where they were clearly gay. And as I grew up, I was like, you know, this is kind of silly to me. Why are we why are we even breaking this down? And it came to a point where, you know, in many representations, not as many as we'd like, you will see characters of alternate sexuality played completely, you should excuse the expression, straight, to where you will, you know, you have that representation. I feel like it's a really kind of a go-to thing now to say, wait, is this character, you know, demonstrating Asperger's? Is this character demonstrating something on the autism spectrum? But I think that you need to maybe, depending on how you want to view this character and go into it, and especially as you approach a character like this, you have to maybe think about those things because mm-hmm. that makes you decide whether at the end, whether this is a character that you have more sympathy for or less sympathy for based on his no actions. Sympathy. Well, I know you've already stated yeah, that, but I'm saying these are the things that other people might want to take into mm-hmm. consideration but and think about. If I'm asking myself, you know, if if they were playing a character who was identified as someone with Asperger's, would I feel differently about the fact that the character is played at, and the girlfriend says it, he, he, dating him is like being on a stairmaster. Watching him is exhausting. Mm-hmm. Listening to him talk. And it's, 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 if I think if your clients want to sit on my shoulders and call themselves tall, they have the right to give it a try, but there's no requirement that I enjoy sitting here ladies to people. That to me, <laughs> Whether it's just you're an ass or whether it's, you know, you have an untreated Asperger's or if you have something else, I don't necessarily feel like the way the movie plays it, it would affect my interpretation because Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the movie is clearly setting him up, not necessarily as a villain, but at the very least as a very unpleasant, douchey person. And it's, it's to the point where if you said to me, does this fictionalized version of someone who may or may not really exist have Asperger's? Yes or no. I would say, I don't know, but I don't like it. (laughs) The process of the working with actors is really interesting from the Fincher approach in this piece, especially in this opening scene, which I think is really cool because as Matthew said, it does set up the tone for Mm -hmm. this character and the tone of the movie going forward in this scene that was shot in a real bar Mm -hmm. um, with real people um, all throughout the rehearsal process, they were making noise. I mean, he had Fincher said, okay, 
most of the time your background people are just pantomiming everything. So pretend right. you're having right. a conversation, pretend you're playing games, pretend you're doing this and don't say anything so we can get good audio from the, from this. As he was doing this um, for the movie, um, he had everybody just making loud bar noise, just talk, the get, do it, make noise. And they had to Eisenberg and the other girl, I forget what her, her name is. Uh, um, Rooney Mara. Rooney okay. Mara. Mm-hmm. So they had to talk at that level so that when they said, okay, now pantomime everything, they still had that sense of, okay, this is as loud as I need to talk. Cause you know how it is when you right. fake right. talk right. loud right. And you've actually had the experience of talking loud mm-hmm. in that crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was very fascinating. And really, there are a lot of great um, directorial tips that you can pick up by watching the behind-the-scenes uh, video mm-hmm. uh, that comes on the Blu-ray two-disc set uh, that you can get over at Amazon.com. Click on that banner over at Majorspoilers.com. You can pick up the, the copy. The whole bonus stuff is, if you guys have not watched this, just phenomenal mm-hmm. as far as the depth that they go into uh, into the making of this mm-hmm. movie. It's almost mm-hmm. two hours worth mm-hmm. of making of co- um, content as well as the commentary tracks that you can listen to while you're watching the movie. It's one of the Blu-rays that I've wanted since I got my Blu-ray, but I still have never bought. You never, because I, I remember you you watched this the first time. You're like, oh, I love this movie. Yeah, no, I know. This is I, the best movie I've ever. I watched this movie like eight times. I still have never got, I almost downloaded it, but the iTunes version doesn't have all the bonus stuff. I was just going to download You might want to look and see if it's maybe. the iTunes download version has the bonus content. Oh, uh, maybe. Okay. I'll look while you're uh, chatting okay. up uh, some other things. But um, um, in fact, why don't you chat up some of the people that help make this show possible? Oh, I'll look this up very quickly. I would love to do that. Let's give a shout out to all the people who donate to... Well, that's funny. My document... Decided to do it's what you get things. for using my documents instead of uh, stinking, stinking drive. Google Docs. Made, made a uh, blank, of pages. blank page in my drive. middle of my screen. Da, 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 da. Hey, look at that. Shout out to all the people who helped make this possible <laughs> Troy Huff, Matthew Jones, George White, Aaron Stafford, Matthew Bach, Crystal Groves, William Place, Scott Veach, DDP McCarthy, and Jared Willis. Thank you for your donations and major spoilers to keep this ship afloat. It does not look like you get the bonus content, so you yeah. definitely want to get the Blu-ray for no, this. No, I want the Blu-ray. And with the holidays coming up, maybe, Zach, you will find it in your stocking this year if you've been naughty or nice. Or in my mailbox in an Amazon package. Yeah. Yeah. And I will have made maybe. sure that it doesn't include my name on Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, music-wise. <sighs> this, is, this was the movie that made me start focusing on soundtracks. This is the first movie soundtrack I ever downloaded, and I still listen to it randomly throughout my year. I really enjoy the soundtrack a lot. Um, is it because it's Trent Reznor or because they did that cover of uh, I'm a, I'm a, what is it? I'm a freak, I'm a punk. What is the, what's the no, song that they do? There's a cover song. Troll the Mountain Top or whatever. Oh, no, that is pretty cool. <laughs> No, but there's uh, the Hall of the Mountain. Yeah, Hall of the Mountain. Yeah, close enough. That's a troll but do you like it because it's Trent Reznor doing all the? All the I didn't sound? even know who Trent Reznor was when I first downloaded this. But now you know. He's nine inch nails. That's right. No, that that, that was no influencing factor. I just watched when I watched the the opening, the well, the scene after the bar scene where Mark is running through Harvard's campus back mm-hmm. to his dorms. Mm-hmm. That just that song right there had me on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good, and I think that's one of the things that maybe surprised a lot of people. Rodrigo is Trent Reznor, Nine Inch Nails, with all mm-hmm. the you know, blah, blah, and and now he's doing this motion picture soundtrack, and it's really good. 
Yeah, well, you know, people, you'd be surprised what people's talents are. I mean, we've I seen they, this before, right? Wrap us up with the Boingo Beatles. Boingo and um, <laughs> Batman and Simpsons and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, it, it consider that, like, yeah, lots of people like Elton John, but if you look at The Lion King and something like King, they're superb. They're mm-hmm. not pop necessarily, mm-hmm. they are something above and beyond, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, sometimes giving someone a shot like this really, really allows them to shine. Sometimes it backfires. Right. But a lot of the time, even if it backfires, you just end up with a, um, unremarkable, uh, soundtrack. Right. But I mean, it's, it's taking that one thing that you don't expect and looking for that thing that you don't expect and then putting it in and saying, okay, why don't you try this? Uh, Very much like Danny Elfman doing the Batman themes and the uh, Simpsons themes and all that stuff. Um, and say, well, why don't you try something different? Uh, unlike a movie that we just recently watched um, called Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, listeners, you can go right. check it out in November's bonus tracks over at members.majorspoilers.com, where it sounds like this person, and I'm not trying to put the person down, but it sounds like he's trying to be John Williams. Right. We need a John Williams type score here. You there do a John Williams score, and it sounds very much like Superman. Right. When I don't think it's trying to be. No, um, it's trying to be an epic movie like. Superman, right. like Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? Yeah. Right, right. Um, but you're right, Zach. I think the music does play a real important part in this. Yeah, in this movie, I, I think it sets the tone of this is that first song of kind of this tranquil, almost humble beginning thing, but then it gets all discorded and rough as much as the movie ends up being. What else you got for us? Oh, well, production-wise, yes. the editing is super sharp. Oh, yeah, when, sharp. You, when you have fast dialogue, yeah. you better be popping on your... Mm-hmm. I on forgot your, how... I, it's been a while since I watched this, and I forgot how fast the dialogue was. Mm-hmm. I got and, I got something on editing. Go okay. Um, it's, it's interesting to watch this movie after so recently having seen Birth of a Nation, because we can see that the trends in filmmaking at this point have completely reversed, right? right? Birth of a Nation, here's a title card telling you what is happening, mm-hmm. and then you have characters that are just mouthing stuff, and it kind of doesn't matter what they say. In the social network, you have characters with this like really sharp, snappy dialogue where basically what you're watching is these characters talk. That's all anybody ever does in the movies, just mm-hmm. talk. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and... But simultaneously, you have jumps in time, and the only and you are left on your own right. to figure out what's happening. Right? Nobody mm-hmm. tells you it is now 1997 or right. whatever. Yeah, there's no title card that comes up or anything like right, that. Right. Right. Um, there's stuff for places, and I think there might be a couple of things that let you know when a few of the early scenes are taking place. Yeah. But mostly, mm-hmm. any time jump, and we do jump back and forth a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is implicit and you figure it out on the fly so i think it's interesting to see that there was a time when filmmakers were like well there's no way people are going to understand what's happening Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. nowadays they're like well to to tell people that this is a different year would be almost insulting right Right. we need we need people to just jump in there and figure it out yeah the other thing that makes this really work though when we're talking about editing is because we're jumping between the past story that involves eduardo and uh, Zuckerberg, and then we jump to 
the forward story where the two of them are in litigation with one another. Right. And then you jump over to the Winklevoss litigation mm-hmm. that has Eduardo as a witness and maybe seeing this all through Zuckerberg's uh, eye, mind's mm-hmm. eye, he, because so many things are going on at the same time, we, like Zuckerberg, forget that at one point in the movie, Eduardo is a um, witness for the Zuckerbergs and... For the Winklevosses. I'm sorry, for the Winklevosses. And Zuckerberg makes a comment about my friend over there, and he points, and that's one part where suddenly the edit is a lot longer than what we're we're used to, to emphasize that, you're right, Zuckerberg, your friend is is gone. He is not your friend anymore, based on what you have done, and... It's a real powerful moment in the film because this is a part where we're jumping between litigation, litigation, well, and the past and, all at the same time. And and the first time that we jump forward, um, Eduardo's already on the other side of the table. I right. mean, right. Uh, as far as the litigation goes, he's never on the same side of the table as uh, right. Mark Zuckerberg. Right. But um, I mean, that's something that the, the the structure of the movie does for you is it sets up this thing where it's like at some point in this movie, the, these two are going to break up. Right. Right, yeah, but, yeah. and you find that out way before that actually happens. I mean, mm-hmm. they actually start at the end. Yeah, they start at the yeah, beginning. They, of the end. they yeah. stay together for almost the entirety of the movie before he finally mm-hmm. screws them over. Mm-hmm. And then that, I guess, there are moments too where um, Eduardo believes that it was um, that it was Zuckerberg who brought up the story in the mm-hmm. <laughs> Herald or whatever Crimson. the Crimson. About the chicken. Right. And then the lawyer's like, no, he didn't want us to include this. We dug it up on ourselves. And he's like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe this guy isn't as bad right. as I thought. Right. Maybe right. I need to rethink this. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, when you go from, and I forget what today's value of, of Facebook is, but you're 11 getting. Gazillion. Yeah, it's like 11 Well, I mean, if you think about the, the price Dike, per share yeah. and he's got. 0.3%, percent, or is it 0.03 or 0.003%? It's not a share in the company. It's 0.03, yeah. I think, is what it was. He owns, like, maybe if I calculated it right, like at $119 a share, he's less or right at a million dollars for the number of shares that they were talking about, 24 million yeah, shares that are right. out there. Um, yeah, I would be pretty mad too. Oh, it's yeah. interesting. There was an article. Uh, a year, a couple months ago, or something, that talked about people that made off well from Facebook because they did stuff for the company early on, and they just like a guy, a guy came in and painted all the murals on their wall, and like here's some stock. Oh yeah, yeah. and he made a, like twenty million dollars. Yeah, or something. if you um, what is his name, David uh, David Cho, I think is his name. Maybe he does a podcast. Uh, it's one that young audiences should not listen to. It's a <sighs> DVD ASA. Um, it's uh, where he does this podcast with uh, porn star uh, Asa Kira. Mm-hmm. And they've been long friends for a long time. And there's a really good episode where he talks about how he got all these shares of Facebook stock because it was early in the company. Mm -hmm. Come out and just paint a mural on our wall. And he was trying to do everything he could to scrape together a a buck. And um, they're like, oh, man, we can't pay you. Can we pay you in in shares of stock? And he's like, Jesus, whatever. Yeah, okay. Moves on. And then he yeah, kept the dude. stock, and they go public, and he's a he's a quadru- multi-millionaire. Yeah. Doesn't ever have to work a day uh-huh. in his life again, Jeez. and does whatever he wants. It's a good episode to listen to, but it's also full of uh, a lot sure. of se- a lot of sex talk in there um, too. Sure. I mean, going, it's a it's a top quality podcast. Going back to uh, the fast talk, yes, some editing and stuff. We watched this in a watching film class, a, a genetic class at university, and the teacher insisted that we watched with the subtitles on. Why? Which just ignored the crap out of me. She said, they talk so fast that you might not be able to understand. I was just like, 
first off, watching movies with subtitles on in English just annoys me anyways, because mm-hmm. I feel like directors and sound designers go through the trouble of making things a certain volume and forcing a listener to pay attention. It's like, you can't sit back and just try to nonchalantly watch a social network. You have to be engaged and involved, and you have to pay attention at the whole thing. Otherwise, you're going to drop lines and stuff. And so I feel like, especially in the club scenes or the bar at the beginning, that you intentionally have to... Yeah, lean, you, you, have yeah. to, you have to you have to lean in and get involved in that scene to make sure you're catching everything. And I think to watch this movie, with the subtitles on kind of does a disservice to what they were doing. I would I would definitely agree uh, with you on that. I would say at some point, Zach, when you get that Christmas morning, when you get that Blu-ray yeah. disc, sit down and watch with the commentary track on. Oh yeah, certainly. And and watch those behind the scenes because yeah. I think you're going to learn a lot. The other thing that's really surprising to people is the amount of special effects that are going on in this movie. Mm-hmm. They were denied permission to shoot on Harvard uh, grounds. So the one, the couple of scenes that you actually see of Harvard University are actually shot from across the street of Harvard so that they can, you know, it's in the shot. Oh, uh, well, um, that's Boston you know, territory, not, mm-hmm. not Harvard territory. Um, everything else was shot on another college down the street, but the huge amounts of compositing that they went in, you know, getting pictures from various angles and compositing those into the, the different places on, on set, uh, compositing well-known buildings into shots as they're moving and tracking that. Um, most people are going to realize that, oh, the Winklevoss twins played by Army Hammer. Yes, you're going to have to do a crap ton of motion capture and uh, compositing to make that work. Um, but even simple things like the scene where they're outside the um, the Jewish um, uh, party. Fraternity. The yeah. fraternity where they're breathing in the cold air. All that breath is totally fake. Right. Yeah. Which, I mean, watching it, I, I thought there was something weird about it. And I was like, is this on purpose? Like, are they lighting them in such a way that their breath is like super obvious every mm-hmm, time they take mm-hmm, a breath? Because mm-hmm. it, like, there was something about it that really didn't seem natural to me. And I had no idea that this much compositing was on. I was like, I was like, the director's trying to tell me something here. Like, he put a light. <laughs> it's cold. He yeah. put a light specifically aimed at their mouth so that I would see every time they breathe. I know, apparently, they just, you know, went in and. Did it with After Effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and I guess now, and this is this movie's what only two years old or something like uh, that. Two thousand ten. Um, three years old. Two years, yeah, two years. The first time I watched it, I didn't notice it either until you watch mm-hmm. the behind the scenes stuff. You're like, really? Or you read the um, Cinefx right. uh, I thought, magazine? I, I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly what the process was for uh, the Winklevoss twins, but at no point did no. I think that. You know, it's not so it's not like uh, Steve Rogers in Captain America where he's like super skinny and sometimes like his head doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be quite the mm-hmm. right size for his body. Yeah, they had to make sure that their builds were almost exactly yeah. the same. And as far as the casting goes, Army Hammer could have been replaced with uh, John Pierce. Is that his name? Oh, Josh like Pierce. Josh so. Pierce. Um, because the, the casting was really kind of down to that wire. Uh, between the two, mm-hmm. so it could have it could have easily been flipped uh, yeah. in that case. Which, by the way, I had never seen Army Hammer, Hammer in anything. Like I was like, I haven't seen the Lone Ranger because mm-hmm. it looks terrible, right? Yep. Um, but like when when he comes on, he's like twins. I was like, wow, he's got a really deep voice, and that's a really good looking guy. I can't believe they found two of them. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, they didn't. It's yeah, the yeah. magic of computers. But I was like impressed. I was like, that guy should do voice work. Yeah, yeah. But wait, he doesn't have to because he's so good looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they used a lot of the same. Well, they did use the exact same technology that they used in um, 
the movie where um, Brad Pitt goes from an old man to a young young man. Oh, Benjamin, 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 Benjamin Buttons. Buttons. They had yeah. to use a lot of that same technology That's a to motion track a um, to motion track the face with moving cameras and everything that's going on yeah, yeah. in that film. Um, Plus some good old fashioned, I think, um, like shot editing. angling, shot, yeah, angling shot angling, because yeah, yeah like sh- you know, shot reverse shot stuff. Obviously, mm-hmm. he can just mm-hmm. be both people. Um, and also, I think to make them look bigger, I think, I, I mean, I don't know exactly how tall Jesse Eisenberg is, but it, there's a few shots oh, where yeah, you're where looking at the camera yeah. from behind and upward, mm-hmm. and you're like, this is totally a thing. Yeah, where they're sitting on a nice little box. Matthew will look up in the IMDb how tall Army Hammer is and <laughs> how tall uh, Jesse Eisenberg is while we're talking. Yeah, that that first scene where he meets him in the hallway. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, you guys are really big." And we row crew, and they look yeah massive, enormous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. You know, there are some things, especially in the face face replacement, that are um, done to help ease the placement. So the first time that we meet the Winklevoss twins and they're wearing their winter garb, uh, the one Winklevoss has that band on his head and then the ear flaps. Mm -hmm. That's Pierce that they replaced so that they could go in and composite Uh the face a whole lot better than than what they had before. And it makes it a lot easier than tracking the whole hair and all of that stuff. You just have to track that area that is... Uncovered, nice. and so it's. I mean, just when you think of just about that and yeah. all the work that has to be done for that, because I mean, we've seen. Well, maybe not all of us have seen the. Uh, um, gosh, uh, Haley Mills and Haley Mills in Parent Trap, where it's just <laughs> split screen down the middle, right? Um, and if you guys, I'm guessing you've never seen Parent Trap with Haley Mills. I think I have, but I didn't. I, I, this is like the Disney movies. The of the, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of it. Yeah. And they did the, the Lindsay Lohan version. Yeah. Well. But, mm-hmm. but, you know, you can see clearly split down the middle of the screen <laughs> right, right. is this line that oh, man, because like, of the way that they're um, trying to do. If you've, ever, if you've ever seen Twin Dragons with Jackie Chan, mm. the compositing is terrible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like the two of them will like walk up to each other, like the two of them will walk up to each other. And one of them is like glowing and jittering. Mm hmm. <laughs> And it's like like Gilligan's Island level. When yeah, I mean it is that bad. Everybody like, on the island had a duplicate. Yeah, and so that's why I really like the the effect work in this. Well, and I mean, and it goes to show where we are technologically, mm-hmm. where it's like where now it is easier. Well, not easier, but you can you have the luxury of casting one person to play twins and have the. Um, the movie not really suffer for it. Right. Whereas yeah. before you would have either had to cast twins or they would have never been allowed to stand next to each well, other. Well, or you would have had to have cast Danny DeVito and, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. Right. <laughs> no, um, you would never do that. The other thing that is somewhat interesting, and it goes back to the question that we've asked multiple times about fictionalized version of universe um, versus the real story. And which one do you prefer? People who are in the know would look at this movie. and go, oh, that's not Harvard. You know, that's yeah, Wesleyan sure. or wherever it is. Yeah. Um, just like when we watch Dances with Wolves and we're all sitting in the theater going, there's no way in hell that that's Hayes. <laughs> Kansas, Florida Hayes. <laughs> um, is that a, Where? what is, hey, 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 what's that thing in the background? That's a mountain, dude. That's a hill, man. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, back then, Hayes was a lot closer to, to Denver. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of, there was a lot of tectonic shifts in mm-hmm. that. Exactly. Um, but does that bother? I mean, I mean, I don't know Harvard from you know, from Adam from Harvard. Yeah. Um, but does that bother you that that that's not shot on campus and they've doctored the shots to make it look more like Harvard, even though it's still not Zach? It doesn't bother me that Star Wars wasn't shot on Tatooine, so I don't know why that would really bother me that much. 
Well, Tatooine doesn't really exist. Yeah, I know, no, but I think it's I think there's real depth in what he just said. Like why does it why would it matter if I don't know what Harvard looks like even if they told me that this isn't Harvard and I was like it makes sense. It's like why would I matter if Harvard doesn't look right or the story was completely wrong? In either one, I'm just watching a film to be entertained essentially. Okay. Were you entertained? Oh yeah, I love this movie. Give us some final thoughts on this. Uh social network and what you've learned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's just go. Yeah, yeah, let's, yeah, just, let's, just, let's go. What I learned uh, that getting control of the uh, of a scene and pacing it with the dialogue and matching that up with editing was super important in this movie. And learning that a stable shot will help a chaotic movie in pace and in dialogue a whole lot more. Because if this movie would have been shot uh, on shoulder or something with a steady cam, it would have been even more chaotic and it just mm-hmm. would have been too much. But besides that, the social network is something that I really enjoy. I love watching this story. It seems, unlike most films that we have, it's a film that harkens to my generation of people with technology and social media and things and after watching this a couple times there's 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 lessons in that the society as a whole should take away from facebook as the the internet is permanent and there's a whole lot of lessons that are just kind of somewhat throwaway lines but people can learn about life and on the internet and in general from this movie Uh, as a telling of events that have actually happened Knowing not all of them are completely true, I still found it to be entertaining because that's what we kind of want from movies. I mean, that's essentially what we want from movies is to be entertained. And so the degrees of being unentertained due to understanding places weren't true to what they are, stories weren't true as they are. I think you kind of just put them out of your mind just a tiny bit in this movie. And if you want a less fictionalized but still fictionalized account of this uh, story you can go read accidental billionaires it's good have you you, read it i'm almost done with it right now i started reading it on saturday Uh, your perceptions of characters might change uh for instance zuckerberg really wasn't that interested in getting into a final club Mm. uh the chicken thing is said flat out it wasn't mark it was guys from another final club the one that uh eduardo was trying to get into and it just kind of paints and most of the things that have happened uh, might have happened at different time different out of order but they've made it more entertaining and condensed to happen um so if you find this story interesting or you want to kind of learn more about what happened go check it out it's a pretty quick read it's not very long uh, it's entertaining, so check that out if you like this movie. And what did your fiance think of this? Uh, she did not watch it with me this time, but she has watched it before, and she actually enjoys this movie. Good, yeah. Uh, Matthew, what do you think? This is your first time watching the movie. Uh, I thought that it was a well constructed movie. I thought that the story really had a lot going for it, and I think that just based on my expectations of reality versus my expectations of uh, fiction. I find I'll probably just because of the way everything wraps up in the end, I find a little bit more fiction than I would expect from this. And I hated every single character in this movie. 
And at the end, I was just, I was looking for a way for them all to lose their, their lawsuit and maybe burst into flame. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, did. everybody did kind of lose. I mean, the Win- yeah. Winklevosses are painted as idiots. Horrible people. And yes, they did get a $60 million settlement, but, you know, big deal. Yeah. They're still, they probably already had that much money in their they did. Uh, investment account. Um, Eduardo, you don't feel sorry for because, again, he got what he deserved with the uh, not reading your contract. And if you think, oh, well, Zuckerberg kind of came out on top because, you know, he's got this billion-dollar company. Well, when it did go IPO, kind went down it went way down <laughs> a lot. And some people will say, well, there's your comeuppance. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, what uh, Eisenberg did to uh, Timberlake, uh, calling the cops on the party and having him arrested and giving him an out to get uh, him out of the company, um, got his, his comeuppance. I, I think well. it's interesting because I feel... Empathy for almost every character in the story. I feel like maybe it's a generational thing, but I feel empathy for Mark because obviously one of the most successful uh, technological people in the last decade in the world. And people, I, f- I mean, tried to jump on his success and take advantage of him, I think, from a person who can't handle social situations very well. Uh, and I feel like after watching this a couple of times that a lot of the characters, especially Eduardo and the Winklevosses were trying to prove themselves to a lot of people, especially mm-hmm. like their fathers. I feel, yes. uh, mm-hmm. Eduardo said in the movie that his father won't talk to him anymore because mm-hmm. he, he's failed business strategies with Facebook. I mean, that's what I think his whole pressure for doing Facebook at all was to try to prove himself to his dad, even mm-hmm. though he'd already made $300,000 one summer. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Yeah. The, the Winklevosses, I think, were trying to compensate for the fact that not everything went their way for once because they they came up in privilege and they're Olympians. I mean, they went to the Olympics and everything. Sixth place. Yeah, they didn't do very well. I was kind of upset when I found that out. It's it's still the Olympics. It's still the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so... And I feel bad for them at a point, less so than anyone, is like, you already had all this, ideas come and go, you didn't really have anything to build upon the company. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I still think they lost out because they look horrible as people now, and they didn't get what they wanted. Except they look handsome. No, people- absolutely. Have you seen them in real life? No, I haven't. Not as good looking, oh, but still no, good looking almost. dudes. Uh, no, I, I would say the majority of these characters, not as good looking in real oh, life. Oh, no, absolutely not. Because I would say Mark Zuckerberg is actually better looking than Jesse Eisenberg. You think so? No, I really? Think, I, wouldn't. I, I, wouldn't. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. Mm-hmm. But that, that may be because I'm he, he really endeared himself to me in Zombieland. Yeah. 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 Andy Samberg is better looking than both of them. Yeah, no, definitely. Oh, I think I think Sandberg is a better Zuckerberg <laughs> and possibly a better Eisenberg. <laughs> All right, Zach, uh, good job. You gonna watch this movie Thanks. again? Oh, I'm sure I'll watch it in a couple months. Rodrigo, you think you'll ever watch this movie again? Um, if 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 I'm at Zach's house and he's like, "Hey, I'm watching The Social Network," Uh-oh. I'll probably <laughs> sit down and watch it. But otherwise, I'm probably like, I'm I'm not gonna pop it in myself. But if somebody else wants to watch it, I certainly wouldn't be opposed. In the same way that if somebody was like, hey, let's watch Birth of a Nation, I'd be like, no thanks. <laughs> and Matthew, any uh, any desire to watch this again? Are you threatening me? No, I'm asking you a question. 
No, that that's called a joke. People laughed. Oh. No. No, if if I want to watch unpleasant people stabbing each other in the back, I think I can go and you know watch Survivor or something. someday. Someday when uh, when they make a movie about major spoilers, um, they will take bits like that from the podcast and be like, Matthew and Stephen always had it out for each other. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, especially, especially when they smash cut to the interview of Matthew in the in the alley in the cardboard box. Yeah. Just Am I going to be played by Justin Timberlake? Because that would be awesome. yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Stephen Stephen is going to be played by. Andy Richter yeah. <laughs> and, and Matthew is going to be played by Justin Timberlake's face composited onto Pendulette's body. <laughs> How about we just split the difference and go Joey Fatone? Yeah, sure. There you go. Uh, that's going to be will be played by an Englishman. Yeah, and, and I will yeah, be yeah. and I will be played by Jude Law. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be it for this week on Zach on Film. Make sure to head over to majorspoilers.com where you can find this podcasting posting page and give your thoughts about social network or anything else we talked about this episode while you're there at major spoilers make sure to click on the amazon.com link and go buy yourself a blu-ray copy of this so you can watch all of the great features therein uh no it won't cost you a dime extra but a little bit will come back to us to keep this all going week after week after week uh that's it for this week next week it's halloween yes it is and we're watching an American werewolf in London. I've got some stuff to say about that movie. Oh, really? Good. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. 